Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, jumping right into your business news here on this Monday. I was uh, checking out the headlines in the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet. Also checking out uh, some interesting headlines in the uh, Unleash Prosperity hotline. That's uh, Stephen Moore's outfit, the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And, and man, some very interesting stuff all around from the hot sheet to the Unleash Prosperity hotline. You name it. Uh, we'll jump right into it here. First, I got a message from Kendall in Laurel regarding our six o'clock hour coverage about our southern border and and wrapping up the big news from over the weekend. Kendall says this, we have laws. Without laws, you get anarchy, which is what they want. With this sham of a border deal, they move the Overton window to make us believe that 5,000 illegals is a great norm. Follow the black and white on the books. Appropriate money as standalone and bring bills to the floor so America can see exactly how they vote. Also, make the show trial of Mayorkas easy breezy. Defund uh, the DHS. That's from Kendall and Laurel. Kendall, thanks for that message on our Montana Talks app. Let's jump into it here with Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal. Evelyn, gal, I, I was just uh, I was looking at this Unleashed Prosperity hotline. Uh, Oakland, California is too dangerous for Denny's. The Denny's restaurant is getting out of Oakland because of the crime. I saw in in and out I think it was an In-N-Out burger or was it a fat burger? I can't remember. One of them had to close. And then, do you remember that movie Toy Story? Was your son Reed a kid when when the movie Toy Story came out? I don't know if you watched that. Uh, Apparently, that was based on an actual toy store in California. And that toy store had to call it quits because of all the crime in California. Yeah, I remember the In-N-Out story. I mean, it was a profitable location, but it was so dangerous they had to close. Yeah, you'd get carjacked just waiting in the uh, in the uh, in the drive-through line uh, to get your burgers, and so they're out of there. Uh, what? So was Reed a baby when when uh, when Toy Story came out? Uh, do you remember that that cartoon movie at all by chance? Uh, I think he was, you know, still a kid, but not just a baby. I mean. <laughs> He was causing trouble already by then, then. All right. right. Yeah, right. Well, ap- apparently that movie was based off of a real toy store in California, I think it was. And, and that toy store had to shut down because of all the crime and the lawlessness. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> I, I think, you know, we've heard, too, that other uh, stores, general merchandise kinds of places have closed in, you know, places like downtown Seattle and stuff because of, you know, just the, the violence and unsafe situations. And, and we've had a couple businesses here in Billings move to different locations out of downtown because they were harassed so much. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, that, that's right. It, that uh, it, We're not immune to it in certain parts of Montana right here when we keep putting criminals back out on the streets or... Or have liberal judges that go soft on crime. Very good point. All right. Well, uh, lots to talk about on this Monday morning here with Evelyn Pyburn. Um, There's some interesting business news on the international front. Could Poland overtake Great Britain economically? They're saying that could happen by 2030. That's very interesting. Uh, Bank lending to businesses down $200 billion. Plus, we'll see what Evelyn has on the docket. Here is your Montana news. A short but high-speed chase ended with the suspect nosediving his pickup off the rims. Now, this incident began early Sunday morning when police tried to stop this vehicle at the intersection of Highway 3 and Zimmerman. 
The suspect driver sped off, of course. After a short pursuit, officers pulled off the chase for safety. Colerate reports this white truck sped along Highway 3, then turned sharply towards the rims. It dove over the edge and fell over 60 feet near the 1100 block of Henry Road. Residents woke to the loud, dull crash of the pickup. The driver, a 30-year-old man, was deceased at the scene. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With a mix of clouds and sunshine across the area today, highs range from around 40 in Bozeman to the mid-50s in the Billings area. For tonight, we can expect partly to mostly cloudy skies. Could see a few rain or snow showers turning to snow showers in the Bozeman area. Otherwise, uh, staying with temperatures, heading back in the upper 20s in Bozeman, 32 in Billings. Rain and snow showers in Bozeman Tuesday. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Well, you know the, the thing, and then that'll lead to the other thing. By golly, we had a great time on Friday's Open Lines Friday show on Montana Talks, taking calls from all across the state. God, for Pete's sake, I think we had Joe Biden's speechwriter join us from Great Falls at the end of the program Friday. What are we going to talk about on Monday? Well, we'll have some more open phones time. Plus, she used to work here in Montana. She's back on the ground helping the farmers in Israel. That'll be coming up in Monday's Montana Talks as well, statewide, 9 to 10, right here. If you can plan barbecues and weddings, you can plan to protect yourself from a natural disaster. Sign up for local alerts, prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, last week we got a chance to catch up briefly with Dr. Pat Barkey from the University of Montana's Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Right after he wrapped up his presentation, he joined us right here on Montana Talks uh, while he was in Billings and uh, traveling. And they're still doing these seminars elsewhere across the state, by the way, if, if you want to go take part. But Evelyn Pyburn was there, and she said she heard learned some new and in- interesting information uh, that she hadn't uh, heard in some of the previous uh, forums and seminars that were conducted. Plus, she got some kind of uh, some interesting Yellowstone County specific information. So we want to get to that. But yeah, Evelyn, I, I chatted with you a little bit during the break there. This is very interesting. The Unleashed Prosperity Hotline has uh, several interesting headlines this morning. Bank lending to businesses to businesses down two hundred billion dollars. So apparently, the big banks at the national level uh, are 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 very concerned about the economy right now under Joe Biden and John Tester. Bank lending down two hundred billion dollars, and then this one out of Europe is fascinating. The former communist nation of Poland, uh, which is has made a rightward shift here in recent years will be wealthier than Great Britain in 2030. That's six years from now, based on based on current growth trends, that Poland would be wealthier than Great Britain. Boy, I guess socialism really does destroy, doesn't it? It does. And, and I, you know, the United Kingdom has been very dedicated to global warming and issues and green uh, transitioning and everything. So, you know. That's right. Outcome. 
Yeah, that's the centerpiece. Uh, green is the new red, right? And so uh, the green uh, New Deal policies are the new red policies of socialism and, and communism, and it's leading to economic self-destruction, uh, not just here in America, but in, in parts of Europe as well. So, no, great point. So what would you take away? You got you got a chance to attend the latest economic uh, update seminar from, or economic outlook seminar from the University of Montana's BBER. What stood out to you? Well, the one thing I really wanted to talk about was a point made by Pat Barkey about the challenges confronting the green energy transition. First, he made clear that all the restraints that are being placed upon the American people are not going to work unless everyone in the world is doing it. And for the most part, they aren't going to do it. He then brought up an extremely good news story that we don't hear much about, and I think it's worth wondering why we don't hear about it. He reported that there has been a tremendous reduction in extreme poverty in the world. Just as recently as 1990, one-third of the people in the world were living in extreme poverty. That has improved to the point that today, less than 10% of the people in the world live in extreme poverty, which we in the U.S. do not really see much of. He described it as living on a dollar a day in 1990, which would amount to about $3 today. Um, He said that much of the reason for the reduced poverty is because China and other huge population countries have industrialized, and uh, which has raised huge segments of their population out of poverty. He said that the world has discovered that the way to end poverty is to industrialize, and they are doing so as much and as fast as they can. And he said, you can't stop them. They are building themselves up. They're not going to quit because of concerns of, about global warming. And while Mr. Barkey was making the point that the fact that green transitioning is not going to work he, unless everyone does it, I also wanted to make the point that the industrialization that these countries are pursuing is made possible because of abundant and cheap energy, which is not what the green energy is all about. The fact is the United States has been on a per capita basis reducing its energy consumption every year for more than a century because of industrialization and all the energy-saving innovations that we've come up with. It is that knowledge and innovation that the rest of the world is using to lift themselves out of poverty. Um, bear in mind that when some people say they have reduced their costs, when they come up with a method that saves them money, they are really saying they have reduced the amount of energy necessary to do something. Saving money means you are saving energy. And American industry has been doing that continuously for, you know, a long, long time. And, um, no, it's so yeah. great you made that point and that Pat Barkey made that point as well because you're exactly right. Energy and water uh, is is what is allowing, you know, struggling people all over the world to, you know, to be lifted out of, of poverty. And, and we have policies, these Green New Deal policies are designed to de-industrialize America and de-industrialize other uh, Western allies in Europe and elsewhere and China and and even the more friendly India, do you, do you think they're going to stop the industrial? Do you think, you think they're going to stop progress and modernization just because we've decided to inflict this this uh, economic self harm? Of course not. And economically speaking, they look at if if they can 
slow the United States down. They believe it's to their benefit because they can take over the markets that we have. And, and so, uh, and, and, and they don't miss any words about the fact that they aren't going to green transition. It's, it's no secret that, uh, it's, it's only going to be us and a few other industrialized countries like United Kingdom, you know, bowing to what what is essentially a destruction of our own economy. Well, exactly, and and John Kerry has stepped down as the climate czar for the Biden White House. But guess who's getting put in his place? I believe it's John Podesta, right? Uh, either I, I can't remember which former Clintonista it is. If it's, I think it's John Podesta, basically a guy who was on the payroll for the communist Chinese is now you know still on. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. What will calf prices bring in 2024? Randy Block with Cattlefax shared an outstanding number during cattle convention in Orlando last week. Well, I think if we're looking at calf prices across the country, we're looking at a five and a half weight calf, we're going to average close to $3. You know, for an annual average, you know, you'll see some swinging around these numbers. I think it's important that everybody recognize that plus or minus 10% is the way these markets move. We can see a pretty big move. We just saw it in the last three months, didn't we? So I would say around $3 on calves, two ninety dollars to $3 for an annual average. Uh, obviously, they're going to be stout, stout, stout going into spring grazing because there's just not enough of them out there. Uh, feeder cattle prices on an eight, eight and a half weight steer around 240 for an annual average. So both those classes of cattle are substantially higher. And fed cattle producers out there, I would say we're looking at a another eight to ten dollar hundred increase in annual average fed cattle prices, getting up here where we average one eighty four, one eighty five, somewhere in that neighborhood for the year. So some pretty good uh, pretty good numbers. Uh, uh, we haven't been at those price levels in, in history, any time in history and and there is a lot of other competing protein on the market. So you know, we're going to get tested by that. There's plenty of supply of pork and poultry out there we'll have to digest as well. $3 calves. I can live with that. I'm Lane Northmont. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we spent a significant chunk of the 6 o'clock hour of the show this morning talking about this sham of a, of a border deal uh, developing in the United States Senate. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson has already said that it is dead on arrival in the United States Senate. I just uh, saw a reaction from Montana's U.S. Senator Steve Daines. Uh, and uh, he uh, clearly says where he stands on this uh, so-called border deal. I'll share that in uh, just a few minutes. But first, back to your Montana business news here with Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal. Uh, Evelyn, yet yeah, so uh, back to this economic seminar that you attended with the BBER last week. You got some kind of Yellowstone County specifics uh, during this uh, uh, Outlook seminar as well. Yes, um, Yellowstone County was predicted to have a slowdown in our economic growth like the rest of the state is predicted to do. Um, Mr. Barkey readily conceded that they got last year's predict- predictions for Yellowstone County wrong. 
Um, Yellowstone County in 2023 had growth of 3.3% rather than the 1.1% that they predicted. But nevertheless, this year he's predicting economic growth of only 1.9%, which is actually pretty average for Yellowstone County. Uh, Yellowstone County hit a peak growth of 2021 in 2021 of 6%. Um, he said that he believes the unexpected growth we had in 2023 is being borrowed by um, from 2024, which is evidenced from, you know, our increase of personal loans that we're getting and, and credit card uh, balances increasing. Um, going into the future to 2027, he predicted we would have growth rates that would hover around 2% in general. And um, he called the prospects for the future of Yellowstone County as somewhat dour, because our economy is so dependent on energy production, which is going to get hit in the future by all kinds of uh, regulations and laws aimed at reducing the productivity of these companies. He noted that investors are shifting their attention to lower-cost oil-producing areas in Texas away from the Bakken, and that the more specifically the Outlook for coal was dour because, uh, well, we, everyone knows that they're trying to eliminate coal as uh, as an energy source, and, and uh, coal is important to our economy here in Yellowstone County. Well, um, Del, that, that underlines the, the significance of the 2024 elections to Yellowstone County if energy is such please. a big part. Because we know that, that John Tester is just in lockstep with the radical left Green New Deal activists. He is one of them. And they already took out coal strip one and two. They want to take out three and four. They're trying to block the natural gas power plant in Laurel. These policies, Evelyn, you just mentioned, of course, are Joe Biden and John Tester's policies. And so these 2024 elections could not be more important to Yellowstone County on a local level in particular and and, and it's interesting too I, you know, during our conversation with pat barkey you you reminded me of that's what stood out to me is that hey are we going to see as much explosive growth as we saw post pandemic here in montana no but growth nonetheless so still growth it may not be the explosive growth that we saw before but growth nonetheless yeah and and you know and it's maybe a good thing in some ways um but uh, it doesn't sound like he thinks the labor market is going to get any better. It's going to remain tight. So that, you know, is certainly one of the problems businesses here face. But um, interestingly, in the debate about airline passenger rates, Great Falls had the highest rate of passenger volume growth in 2023. Hmm. Um it increased 28.8%. Wow. And billing growth came in second at 11.8%, followed by Missoula and then Bozeman and Kalispell and Helena with Butte actually declining in passenger growth by 14.5%. But in general, Billings did lose market share in the airline traffic industry, and um, but that's not... An uncommon thing that's happening across the country, the airlines have, uh, they, they aren't doing 
as well as they were before COVID. So interesting. interesting. No, that's very yeah. interesting. And I, you know, it'd be interesting to find out what what's driving the the flight increases in Great Falls in particular. We know yeah. that Great Falls is is growing. Great Falls is starting to make a turn, as as we've discussed with Sheriff Slaughter talking about you know about the economy there. I mean, uh, uh, but there's going to be more flights coming in. I think those numbers are going to continue to arise because uh, I don't know if you saw this piece by Rob Cheney in the Missoulian over the weekend talking about the uh, the the upgrade for the missile silos that's going to take place here in the next few years. That was very what? interesting. Yeah, very interesting piece. All right, Evelyn Pyburn, hey, great to have you as always. Thanks so much for being with us. Always enjoy your reporting. Make sure you sign up for the hot sheet uh, and uh, subscribe to the print edition as well. I'm Chris Foster. The Senate's released the text of a bipartisan foreign military aid and border bill placing more limits on the asylum and parole process. Individuals who want to come to America just to get a better life or to seek the American dream, to find work, those are what we call economic migrants. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema says those migrants are not allowed in whenever they want. South Carolina House Republican Nancy Mace on Fox. Anything short of shutting down the border, shutting down free hotel rooms, shutting down free credit cards for illegal aliens that are coming into this country. Anything short of that is going to have problems in the House. The Senate bill includes $650 million to expand the border wall. Record rainfall is causing flooding in and around Los Angeles. Anthony Trulia lives in Latuna Canyon under mandatory evacuation order. My car's ready to go. I got a Jeep, so I'm not worried about that. It's four-wheel drive. America's listening to Fox News. Right, let me get to this real quick and we can talk we can talk more about this story here in a few minutes uh but yeah by the way phone lines are open uh pretty much gal from now until about 9 40 this morning we've got the phone lines open for the next two hours anything and everything you want to talk about here on montana talks uh, uh but uh, I, uh yeah th- that story i was telling you about this piece by rob cheney in the missoulian boom time central montana braces for the Sentinel ICBM upgrade. I saw Phil Drake, who's a great guy. Phil Drake is with the Helena IR, and he shared this piece, and he's like, wow, Rob Cheney really knocked this one out of the park, something to that effect. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go check out this story. And fascinating piece by Rob Cheney. I think he went to that meeting that they had in Lewistown here recently. Uh, so I, I want to talk about this story while we're on that topic. But first, so that I, I tease you no longer, we, we talk about this sham of a border uh, bill in the U.S. Senate that the bill language was just released last night. I told you in the six o'clock hour, Navy SEAL veteran and Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy uh, is very clearly against this sham of a border deal. He said, quote, are you kidding me? This bill does nothing to actually seal the border and end illegal immigration once and for all. It is a mass amnesty scheme. It codifies illegal immigration. And of course, They couldn't resist sending billions more to Ukraine. This bill is everything that's wrong with Washington, D.C. It's an America last load of crap. Kill the bill. That was from Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy. Meanwhile, Montana's Republican U.S. Senator Steve Daines says this about whether he will support this deal or not. He says, quote, and this came out via X.com within the last hour. I cannot support a bill that does not secure the border provides taxpayer-funded lawyers to illegal immigrants, and gives billions to radical open borders groups. I am a no. 
That's from Senator Steve Daines coming out against uh, this so-called border deal. Uh, he later added President Biden should instead use his executive authority to reinstitute the Trump policies he canceled. Remain in Mexico. Title 42. Wall construction. So anyway, great message there uh, from Montana Senator Steve Daines. Call his office today and tell him thank you. Or, or send them an email or go to their website. <laughs> well, you know, they, they appreciate good phone. I'm like, man, I, they've got some nice folks that work in his office. They're going to be like, Aaron, why did you tell everybody to call? I can't do any work because I'm just getting phone calls all day. And I think they'll appreciate it. Thank you. Not too often people just call and say thanks. Uh, so uh, call, call Senator Dane's office or, or write even better yet and tell him thanks for standing up against this this border deal. And liberal Senator John Tester, we know that guy, supports open borders. He's responsible for this invasion on our southern border. He's responsible for the failure of the Keystone XL pipeline. He's responsible for the shutdown of Coal Strip 1 and 2. And he wants to take down 3 and 4 and everything else while he's at it. He wants us all dependent on government so that we have to vote for big government politicians like him. Time for him to go. 2940970. Looks like somebody's calling in right now. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. I, I like this idea from from Anna in Bozeman. I'm assuming it's it's Anna, not Anna, if, if I'm thinking of the right Anna, our great freedom, freedom, fighter, uh, freedom fighter. Oh, man, I'm like freedom fries, French fries, a, a, a mouth going for you here this morning. Maybe it's because I'm eating these ideal protein pizza curls uh, for my mid-morning snack here from Milling's Last Diet. Uh, anyway, I, I think it's our freedom fighter who escaped communism, Anna in Bozeman. I like this idea. Uh, please consider short radio debates between Rosendale and Sheehy. One question per debate. Simple answers. Uh, how senior is a problem? How each candidate plans to solve it? Why tester will be a disaster. I, I like that idea. Um, you know, the only challenge with it right now is that Matt Rosendale is not even in the Senate race. Uh, Tim Sheehy is, uh, is the lead Republican in that Senate race and is raising millions of dollars. Uh, Rosendale still has not uh, said clearly whether he's going to run for his seat in the House or or run for the Senate. So, but you know, hey, after the filing deadline, if Rosendale actually jumps into the primary, yeah, de uh, debate would be great uh, on the radio, or even this idea of throw a question to each of them, give them each a certain amount of time to respond and then share their responses. I mean, that's another idea, but debates or, or responses like that, that's great. But I, I, the, the, the best one in here is why tester will be a disaster. Because that's my thing. You got, we can sit here and, and, you know, you can sit here and criticize other Republicans all day long, but why not spend more time actually pointing out the train wreck that is liberal Senator John Tester? And, and why does it seem that some Republicans are not doing everything they can to criticize liberal Senator John Tester? That's what the focus should be for 2024. And if you want to be the candidate, then do that. Show us that you can take the fight to liberal Senator John Tester. 
Uh, yeah, fundraising numbers, too, came out. Uh, we shared some of these last week on the show. Tom Ludy had a piece for the Billings Gazette uh, that published over the weekend here. Uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale raised $98,000 in the last quarter. Tim Sheehy, meanwhile, uh, raised, uh, let's see, uh, finished his six months as a candidate with $5.3 million raised. And uh, meanwhile, liberal Senator John Tester has raised $25.1 million in 2023. $25 million in 2023. And you know exactly where he's getting that money from. Lobbyists, radical left, California. That's exactly who John Tester is getting that money from right now. So take the fight to John Tester. Quit fighting on the playground amongst yourselves. Take the fight to liberal Senator John Tester. That's my take. What's yours? That or anything else. 406-294-0970. Ed Walker in Billings on the phone lines. Ed, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind this morning? Hey, Aaron. I'm just going through this. And Steve Bill, which is really what it is. You know, it's really, I think it's really meant to humiliate Republicans who vote for this. You know, it calls for 4,500 people to be hired that will grant amnesty at the border. Right now, they have to wait, you know, sometimes up to seven years to go see a judge to get amnesty. Uh, but now, they're, with this bill in place, it will allow, um, you know, these NGO groups or these people who are shouting, you know, um, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Those are the type of people that will be hired to gain, to give amnesty to the people who will come across the border right on the spot. And, and that's not even the worst of it, Aaron. The worst of it is that now, well, not now, but if this, if this bill passes, they will have to wait just five years to receive citizenship. Right now, it's 13 years after they gained gained amnesty. So this is a terrible bill. It can't be allowed to go forward. And I think that that's really the purpose of it is, is, uh, you know, it's really to to, to humiliate anybody who votes for this bill. The silver lining is, though, that it's not going to see the light of day in the House of Representatives. And the second silver lining is that if John Tester votes for this bill, he's toast. Take it to the bank. You heard it from me right now. If he votes for this bill, he's toast. Yeah, I, I, I think this shows that you, you touched on something here that the, the Democrats are looking for a bailout. The, the, they're giving more money to Ukraine in this bill than they are than they're giving to our United States Marine Corps for the entire year. They're looking for a bailout. They want the ability to say we cut a deal. We did something to secure the border. At the same time, they will do nothing to secure our southern border. And and then they simultaneously can can make uh, any Republican that votes for this package look bad and 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 further harm Republicans efforts to try to to try to win back a majority in the Senate or or hold a majority in the house i think you're exactly right by the way ed walker former uh, montana state senator uh and uh, one of the congressional candidates here in montana as well for that eastern congressional seat uh yeah ed anything else you wanted to share before i get to our next caller no you check out my website at walkerformontana.com and uh looking forward to seeing everybody as i'm out on the on the campaign trail Hey, thanks, Ed. Thanks for calling in. Nice surprise phone call. Yeah, I've been encouraging a lot of the candidates. You know, uh, if we tried to schedule every single candidate on this show, we'd we'd never have time for anything else. And, you know, then you got to be cognizant of equal time and everything. Well, everybody gets equal time on Montana Talks because 
You don't even have to be running for Congress to call into the show. You can call in right now, 406-294-0970. You know, we talk about our southern border, and nobody has, has, been, has been talking about this topic more than our friend Nancy and Roundup. Nancy and Roundup, apparently you've got a big announcement you want to make this morning. Thanks for calling in. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron, and taking my phone card. Good morning, Montana Talks family. I'm formally announcing uh, my candidacy for uh, House Six, District 38. I am a Republican with the spirit of 1776. Now, House District 38 covers all of Petroleum County, Musselshell County, Golden Valley, and there's parts of buildings, like into the east uh, part of uh, buildings, and uh, like Shepherd and Pryor Creek area. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I made this decision, and I can't wait uh, to start really campaigning. And I, I hope that I do get elected because I'm ready to go to work, not only for Montana, but uh, what we do here in our state will help our whole country uh, nationwide. And I, I want to invite uh, people. I just want to let everybody know that there's a uh, meet and greet luncheon on uh, February 11th uh, at starting at 1230 in Levina, Montana. The Lincoln-Reagan Republicans are putting this on, and uh, there's uh, going to be uh, all kinds of candidates there. Uh, Lisa Pierce, the coordinator, she told me that Tim Sheehy said that he's going to make an appearance, and uh, they're going to furnish the meat and the dessert, and uh, they're asking uh, everybody to bring uh, a salad to uh, pass around. And uh, so I'm excited to attend that uh, meeting because I'm hoping that a lot of the people here in uh, 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 House District 38, if you can show up, I'd love to meet you, and I'd like to hear what you have to say and what your concerns are for our district. And uh, so that's what I have to say today. And um, I'm willing a lot of people here in, in Roundup and in Muscatel County know who I am. And, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty open. So and, any conversation you want with me. And Nancy, what, one thing I'd encourage you to do if you want to, of course, uh, everybody knows Nancy and Roundup. Uh, you're, you're, you're one of uh, the favorite callers of a lot of our listeners. Um, but, of course, when they go to vote in that House District 38, they're, they're going to need to know your full name. Although if they see Nancy, there will probably be only one <laughs> Nancy on there. But uh, so, so feel free to share your full name anytime you call in so people know exactly who they're listening to when you call. Okay, that's Nancy Kemmler, K-E-M. L-E-R. You got a you got a campaign website or anything up and running yet, or Facebook page, et cetera? I know you're on Twitter. Uh, no, not yet. I'm, uh, you know, I just uh, um, uh, filed, and I'm working on, uh, I got the D-1 form, and I'm working on the C-1. You know, actually filing these forms uh, is harder than the campaigning, so I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to catch it up on everything. I, and I'm I hear you there. Cars and flyers and stuff uh, together, so that that's where I'm at. Well, it's so great to hear people <laughs> stepping up to serve, and uh, you know, just by calling in and talking about these important issues, you're you're serving your community. But then to step up and, and say, "Hey, no, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to go hit the streets and campaign," and then uh, and then be willing to go serve in Helena. That it's great. Uh, we we constantly need new folks to step up and to serve. So, Nancy, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you as always. Uh, let's see, quick break here on Montana Talks as we go to the uh, Tommy Laren commentary. Phone lines are open for you as well. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I told you I was going to mention some of the highlights from this piece here. Rob Cheney, very interesting uh, report for the Missoulian. 
boom time. Central Montana braces for a Sentinel ICBM upgrade. You know those 150 or so intercontinental ballistic missile launch facilities that are scattered all across central Montana? Massive upgrade uh, getting ready to start. $132 billion upgrade. That's going to have a lot of economic impacts on the ground. And, yeah, Cheney really covered uh, some interesting pieces here in, in the report. I'll share next. Code 1 knows that your skin changes all the time. Like waking feeling hydrated, only to have dry skin after a walk on a cold day. Or having dull skin at work, to glowing skin for date night. People don't have one skin, they have skins. And Gold Bond Lotion's clinically proven formulas contain seven nourishing moisturizers, plus three vitamins to help you take care of all of them. For all your skins, Gold Bond. Visit goldbond.com to learn more. News commentary. A man is charged with a hate crime after destroying a satanic display at the Iowa State Capitol. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Stay on top of the latest forecast with America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Here's the latest from America's Weather Center. It's Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Five inches of rain by tomorrow. Temperatures being 30 degrees above average. With the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com. Did you know you can be charged with a hate crime for defacing a statue? But it depends on the statue. If in the name of George Floyd you topple, destroy, deface, or otherwise vandalize statues, you're a martyr for racial justice. But if you destroy a satanic statue, you're charged with a hate crime. A Mississippi man has been charged after destroying a shrine of a satanic idol at the Iowa Capitol in December of last year. Michael Cassidy is charged with third-degree criminal mischief, but also for violating Iowa's hate crime statute. This is the United States of America, and in this country, you're free to worship whatever you want, and that does include Satan, so I understand the free speech and expression implications here. That's not the part that gets me. It's the hypocrisy. Liberals destroy everything, including statues, monuments, historical symbols, sites, and landmarks, and not only do they get away with it, but it's celebrated. The hypocrisy is thick with this one. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless at Outkick.com. This is the Montana Economic Minute. The approach of the Biden administration in pursuing what's known as industrial policy is definitely moving the needle on economic activity. Deficit finance spending bills passed into law by Congress, known by their acronyms, IRA, CHIPS, IIJA, have caused some categories of investment spending to grow rapidly in manufacturing, green energy, EVs, and other places. They've also contributed to historically large budget deficits at a time when the economy is not in need of any stimulus. The sky-high federal debt is just a number, perhaps, but the interest payments that the federal government has to make on that debt are a real cost, and lately those payments have mushroomed, amounting to more than the spending on national defense. That's happened for many reasons, one of which are the trillion-dollar-plus deficits. Another reason is higher interest rates, which make the newer borrowing more expensive, and they also make rolling over old debt into new borrowing expensive as well, as we expand borrowing into the teeth of a tighter credit market. I'm Patrick Barker. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. Federal prosecutors have now handled more than 1,200 criminal cases related to the 2021 riot at the Capitol. The feds enjoyed nearly unbroken success winning those cases until recently. Prosecutors now face a growing list of legal stumbling blocks. The reason? The Supreme Court announced it will review the scope of one of the primary felony charges brought against one six defendants, obstruction of an official proceeding. 
The court's decision to take up that issue calls into question charges against hundreds of rioters, not to mention part of special counsel Jack Smith's criminal case against Donald Trump himself. Also, two federal judges issued rulings which undercut two of the key misdemeanor charges brought against nearly every January 6th defendant, charges related to trespassing in a building being protected by the Secret Service. The judges, Trump appointee Carl Nichols and Obama appointee Christopher Cooper, ruled that in order to be guilty of the charges, defendants must be aware that then-Vice President... With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Springs Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, I see Portland. Portland, Oregon has turned the corner. Oh, maybe not. Political violence has returned to Portland with anarchists, Antifa basically, claiming responsibility for two recent arson attacks, including the torching of a city commissioner's car. Uh, yep, there you go. See, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Again, they created the monster. They created the monster. They have been feeding this monster, and now the monster bites them, and they're all surprised about it. Uh, yeah, that was just one of the headlines I was just uh, glancing at in the Fox News radio headlines out this morning. Okay, let's get to this uh, story here. Boom time. Central Montana braces for Sentinel ICBM upgrade. Hey, did you guys know that... Uh, when was it? Was it yesterday or the yesterday was the one year anniversary when Joe Biden finally shot down the China spy balloon, finally shoots down the China spy balloon after it had spied on the entire country. Of course, he waited until it crisscrossed the entire country and then uh, was off the coast of Carolina like a Jimmy Buffett song to finally shoot it down. Right. Spied over Montana. Why would it want to spy on Montana? There's nothing to see but cows in Montana, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. 150 nuclear missiles silos. 150 Miniman 3 intercontinental ballistic missile launch facilities. Scattered across dozens of farms and ranches from the Rocky Mountain front to the little snowy mountains. Those have been there since the 60s. So what if China's flying a spy balloon overhead? Liberal Senator John Tester said no major threat to our national security. Why would China be spying a, uh, flying a spy balloon over Montana right now? Hmm. For the first time since the 1960s, we are going to start replacing the half-century-old weapons system with the new Sentinel ICBMs in an upgrade estimated to cost around 132 billion dollars what is this footprint going to look like boy wouldn't it be nice to have a spy balloon fly overhead beforehand so that it can aid and abet your spying operations while the upgrade is underway well why would china want to do that each minute man three this is from rob cheney's report in the in the missoulian each minute man three intercontinental ballistic missile or icbm weighs about eighty thousand pounds Within minutes of launch order, they can fly at least 6,000 miles and reach speeds of 15,000 miles per hour. By treaty, they carry a single 300 kiloton nuclear warhead capable of hitting within 400 feet of its intended target. Anything within three and a half miles of that spot, roughly the size of the Missoula Valley, would be incinerated. So 300 kiloton warhead. Little boy, the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Japan in 1945, had a 15 kiloton blast. 
The original Minuteman missiles went on full alert October 27, 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. They have remained on active launch status ever since. So in, in this piece, you've got folks in Lewistown. Oh, yeah, you'll see these convoys roll through. First, you have the six Black Hawk helicopters flying right up Main Street. Then there's 10 or 12 trucks, and you don't know which one has the missile in it or if there even is a missile in it. Because, uh, yeah, apparently there's, uh, you know, a bunch of these, hundreds of these uh, traveling all across uh, from Wyoming, North Dakota, Nebraska, and Montana. And they want to make sure that you don't know which one might actually have the loaded missile in it. But look at the footprint here. The Montana portion of this Sentinel upgrade project, according to Rob Cheney, involves all of these underground launch facilities, 8 to 15 above-ground missile alert facilities, 32 communications towers, possibly 1,277 miles of new utility corridor, and 1,750 miles of existing corridor right away. Between 2,000 and 3,000 workers will live at two hubs, one near Great Falls and one near Lewistown. These compounds, think of them like the man camps that were in the in the oil fields, each will have several rows of three-story modular apartments, a grocery store, uh, buildings, gas stations, medical clinics, all on site. Anyway, that's how big this footprint is going to be. Why would China fly a spy balloon? John Tester said, ah, no big deal.